Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman and Kirk Crosby live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for November 30th. In the year of our Lord, 2020, this is our one of two, and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law that I am, the Constitution for the United States of America. That's our guide. And absolutely, we're convinced the checks and balances wisely put in place by the founding fathers. And one of the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips today, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live. We are live six days a week, as you know. So on Saturday's broadcast, I had the good sheriff, former Sheriff Richard Mack with me, CSPOA.org. And we talked about homelessness is not a problem that'll go away until we attack it head on. We got to under or we got to address the underlying issues. One size does not not fit all. We talked about a group of San Diego housing advocates believe building on property owned by churches and nonprofits could be one of the great solutions for creating more affordable homes. I agree with that. But again, the government's so hostile to churches, you'll never get that done these days, ladies and gentlemen. Just uh, you know, look in California and see how they're behaving to churches. It is atrocious. But I pray that these San Diego housing advocates can work with the private sector and work with churches to provide affordable housing. It's a great idea, but again, it's under fire by a godless government, folks. We also talked about a Calgary family lives life in four sea cans. They're moving into a shipping container home. That's an interesting tidbit. We also talked about a study, 14.3 million illegal aliens living in the United States right now, costing the United States taxpayers $132 billion annually. Out of control. We also talked about the economy. Seems to be falling off a cliff. Is America's commitment to religion doing the same? Sadly, the answer is yes. William C. Duncan writes the piece, and the bottom line is we see the economy and religion falling off a cliff. Is there a coincidence between that? Is there a relationship? I say a resounding yes. We also talked about Captain America star Chris Evans joins the chorus of unhinged Hollywood liberals over the weekend. They're trying to create a communist-style hit list. Yeah. They want to have retribution for these people after Trump loses and uh, he's out of office. Time will tell if they get their wish. Ocasio-Cortez brought this up. And most folks thought it was a meaningless, not a big deal. Don't worry, Ocasio-Cortez is just whacked out. But now you find out Captain America star Chris Evans joins a chorus. So it's not just the Captain America actor. It's not just Ocasio-Cortez. There's a chorus of unhinged folks pushing for this list now. The question is, are you and I on it? And what repercussions will we experience because of it, huh? That was our one with a good sheriff, Richard Mack. Hour two, I talked alone about a digital tech fix, a digital diet. You know you need it. We talked about make sure technology serves you, not owns you. We talked about the toilet seat they say that could save millions. Yeah, they say it could save millions of lives. New gadget can detect early signs of heart failure. 
It'll pick up your uh, blood pressure, your oxygen levels, your heart rate, all while you're sitting on the toilet there. We talked about Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey. Platform was probably way too aggressive in banning conservatives, but yet he continues in the same vein, right? Fox News offers its fans even more for $65 a year. Do you need more Fox News, folks, for $65 a year? Wow, millions willing to pay the piper to get the same old dribble from the mainstream press they've got for decades. No wonder we're in the trouble we're in, huh? Seven reasons to avoid the secret sister gift scam. Yeah. There's a secret sister gift scam. It's a Ponzi scheme. Uh, It's been going on for a long time, but it's on the Internet now, so beware and avoid it. We also talked about Facebook got caught. They overstated video views, but they got caught being dishonest. They claim it was just a glitch in the algorithm, don't you know? There's a new study that relates, uh, associates, I should say, links teen ADHD to digital media use. Yeah, that's right. Too much digital media and creates ADHD in the kids. Got to get them outside. Got to take a little break from the digital. Got to go on a digital diet, if you will. And that's a recap of the broadcast that took place on Saturday. Still available online at LibertyRoundTable.com, LovingLiberty.net. Spread the word and tell your neighbor, would you please? All right, without further ado, Lowell Nelson, CampaignForLiberty.org, back on your radio. Welcome, sir. Hope you had a delightful weekend. Sure did, Sam, Kurt. Uh, what a fun weekend with the family and uh, now back in the saddle for, for yet another week here. The good doctor, Dr. Ron Paul, writes another riveting column on coronavirus. We must not allow politics to dictate science. Too late, sir. <laughs> He's spot on right on the point, but it's too late. They've already done that, and they're not about to back up and deal with the science, are they? Well, that's right. Um, but the thing I like about Paul, Ron, Ron's column is that, is that he uh, just iterates you know, what we should be fixed on, too. I mean, you've got the mainstream and corporate media blasting away at you, but then, then he comes along with a column and, and helps you realize that you, you, can't, you can't listen to those guys because there's, there are, there's truth being told here. And, of course, it's not getting out. But uh, because it is being told, he's going to tell the tale, and uh, we should listen. So that's basically what he was doing. He said in the past couple of weeks, two important studies have been published that could dramatically increase our understanding of the COVID-19 disease. Adding to the science of how we understand and treat this disease is something that should be welcomed because properly understood, it can save lives. The only problem is that because the results from these two studies challenge what the media has established as conventional wisdom about the disease, the reports are at best being ignored and at worst being openly distorted by the mainstream media. Just in my view, he writes, is a dangerous and foolish subjugation of science to politics, and it may well end up causing many more unnecessary deaths, end of quote. Well, what's he talking about? He's talking about two studies. The first is a study by the Danish, uh, or done in Denmark. It's called the Danish Mass Study, done in April and May of this year. Um, and but that's a long time ago. How come we haven't heard about it till now? Well, it was refused by three journals for publication at the time, uh, notably the Lancet, 
the New England Journal of Medicine, and JAMA, the American Medical Association's uh, journal. Uh, those are the three who refused to publish this thing. Why? Was there anything wrong with the study? No. They simply did not want to publish something that ran counter to the official narrative. Uh, with, you know, the official narrative is you got to wear a mask and you got to, uh, you know, you got to socially distance. And, and of course, these, these, this study didn't fit that description. What did it do? Well, it involved 6,000 participants in Denmark. Half of them wore cloth masks and half did not wear the cloth surgical mask. Okay, so 3,000 did and 3,000 did not. This is in two, two months, mind you, April and May of this year. And the study found no statistical difference in the rate at which participants in most groups contracted COVID-19. No difference, okay? No statistical difference. So the study was published instead just recently by the Annals of Internal Medicine. The editor-in-chief there, Dr. Christine Lane, said that Danish study did a good job of answering the specific question of whether or not face masks protect wearers from COVID-19. The editors agreed that it was the only randomized controlled trial of masks for SARS-CoV-2 infection that has been done to date and that it was a well-designed study. Well, not only has the corporate press ignored this study, they have presented conclusions opposite to its findings. For example, the Los Angeles Times published an article with the headline, quote, face mask trial did not stop coronavirus spread, but it shows why more mask wearing is needed, end of quote. That was the headline. Well, for a, for a study which, which showed no statistical difference in the rate at which contract, uh, COVID-19 was contracted, whether wearing a mask or not wearing a mask. We have 3,000 people here wearing a mask and 3,000 people not wearing a mask. And the rate at which they contracted COVID-19 did not differ. Yeah, but all you got to understand is their agenda, Lowell, and then you quickly begin to understand their narrative. Okay, their agenda is they want to destroy America. They want more death. Uh-huh. They want more fear. They want more panic. And that's the only way they're going to be able to move us into the, quote, global reset. That's the death agenda they have, and nothing's going to change their mind, sir. Yeah, and right along with that agenda, the New American just reported, I just read it last night, and they reported that the CDC's, or in the, yeah, the CDC's October Journal report references a, 215, a 2015 study on cloth mask efficacy that found that the rates of infection were consistently higher Yeah, so see, they know the truth. They just don't care. It's kind of like fraud. They know there's vote fraud. Yeah. But they don't care. It doesn't matter. They have an agenda, and you're not going to get in the way of the agenda. And if you do, all they're going to do is destroy everything about you and me. You're right on that, Sam. That's how they are. Now, we also got to get to the other study from Ron Paul. And then I think your next headliner uh, illustrates the point I'm making quite well. We'll talk about it in a second. It's Lowell Nelson. CampaignForLiberty.org on your radio. The 
Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit legal foundation committed to protecting our unalienable right to publicly acknowledge God. The Foundation for Moral Law exists to restore the knowledge of God in law and government and to acknowledge and defend the truth that man is endowed with rights not by our fellow man, but by God. The Foundation maintains a twofold focus. First, litigation within state and federal courts. Second, education conducting seminars to teach the necessity and importance of acknowledging God in law and government. How can you help? Please make a tax-deductible contribution, allowing foundation attorneys to continue the fight. You may also purchase various foundation products as well at morallaw.org. Located in Montgomery, Alabama, the Foundation for Moral Law is a nonprofit, tax-exempt 501c3 founded by Judge Roy Moore. Please partner with us to achieve this important mission, morallaw.org. I'm Patty, wife of former Congressman Steve Stockman. In Congress, Steve sought impeachment of Eric Holder for his corruption of the Justice Department and his fast and furious gun running that caused border agent Brian Talley's death. Steve called for arrest of Lois Lerner for her contempt of Congress as it investigated her targeting of conservative nonprofit groups. After four years, four grand juries, and millions of tax dollars, Steve Stockman is in prison. His case involved four checks to nonprofits. DOJ has one standard for Hillary Clinton, but another for folks like President Trump and my husband. We've spent all our savings, all Steve's retirement, and much of mine. Steve Stockman has fought for you and America. Won't you join me now to fight for Steve? To help, text FIGHT to 444-999. Text F-I-G-H-T to 444-999 or go to DefendAPatriot.com. DefendAPatriot.com. I want to dedicate this song to Mr. Rupert Murdoch. We're talking about Dr. Ron Paul's latest column. He does a phenomenal job articulating the reality, ladies and gentlemen. On coronavirus, we, we must not allow politics to dictate science. He's right as rain, but they're going to allow it. They've already allowed it, and they're not going to stop because their goal is death and destruction. The Danish mask study literally in April and May found no statistical difference in the rate of which, hey, they wore masks or didn't wear masks in the rate of the spread of COVID-19. They don't care. They just simply shut down uh, the ability to publish and know about the study. They don't care. They're not interested in the truth. They have a narrative, and they won't divert from that narrative. In fact, even Dr. Fauci didn't understand the narrative at first, said fast masks weren't a big deal, didn't matter. Then he all of a sudden changed his tune as somehow somebody somewhere, shadow government, you might say, who knows? They literally said, you will promote masks, period. And he did a 180, and he's promoting masks. So the truth doesn't matter to these people. The second uh, case study... Dr. Ron Paul points to, highlights the point perfectly. Lowell? Yes, this one involves uh, nearly 10 million people in Yeah, Wuhan, so what? China. Don't care. <laughs> okay. How am I going to kill everybody are, if you bring that up, right? And, num- <laughs> and numbers are impressive. And th- this study was uh, published in the respected scientific journal called Nature. Basically, it analyzed the results of a massive post-lockdown COVID-19 testing drive that included nearly every eligible resident of Wuhan, China, and it found no evidence that positive cases without symptoms spread the disease. <clears throat> In other words, this, this notion that asymptomatic people spread the disease, 
they nearly 10, 000, 10 million people were tested. 92% of all residents aged six years and older. Well, the screenings occurred in May and June of this year. And incredibly, no new symptomatic cases were registered. And only 300 asymptomatic cases were detected. Subsequent tests of the 1,174 close contacts of the asymptomatic cases found resulted in no new positives. This is, the paper said, no evidence. There is, I'm sorry, there is no evidence that the identified asymptomatic positive cases were infectious. Yeah, see, we've crossed, paper... a, we've crossed a threshold here, Lowell, that you need to understand. Yeah. They've never locked down healthy people before. So no. if you're asymptomatic, what you're saying is I'm running around. I don't know that I'm sick. I don't feel that I'm sick. I don't believe that I'm sick. I don't have any symptoms. But they say, wait a minute, you're sick anyway. I know you don't think uh-huh. you're sick, but you are sick. You may not be feeling it, but you're going to get everybody else sick. Uh, and, and this is horrible. They've never locked down healthy people before anywhere that I've ever known. Mm-hmm. Now they're doing it, and they don't care about this massive truth-telling study. The CDC even doubles down and makes the point. They're the ones who, on July 14th of this year, CDC Director Robert Redfield told a seminar that lockdowns are causing more deaths than COVID. All right, now follow my logic and see how stupid I really am, Lowell. Here you go. Ready? If lockdowns are killing more people than the coronavirus, and your goal is death, what do you do? Uh, lock more people down. That's right. And that's what they're doing, so it's just beyond debate, right? Okay, beyond debate at this point, Sam, yep. There I you have it. to do different. <laughs> and I don't mean to be negative, but I'm just highlighting the truth here. That's what they're doing. That's where they are. That's where we are. And many people don't know the truth. I get it. But the drivers of this do know the truth, ladies and gentlemen. How do Sam, Lowell, and Kurt have the truth on this? Dr. Ron Paul have the truth on this? And all these other people don't? It's just not even possible that that could be the case. But here's their real agenda, ladies and gentlemen. Okay? You got to understand, they have a real agenda. Zachary Yost points it out. Lowell? Uh, Yes, in a column posted at ronpaulinstitute.org just uh, on Saturday, he writes, that man is both a physical and a spiritual being. But society nowadays views us mostly as physical beings with no hereafter, else why the tremendous emphasis on avoiding death at all costs. He writes this, he says, quote, a purely material outlook on human existence will, of course, lead to certain policy prescriptions, especially in the face of a pandemic. To deny the spiritual existence of man is to deny the possibility of life after death. Only the void of annihilation awaits. From this perspective, it makes sense that one might conclude that earthly life must continue at any cost, that no trade-off is too high to put on the coming oblivion. In contrast, those who retain a more traditional conception of human nature, no matter the specific religion or creed to which they belong, can easily see an entire world of costs to lockdowns that those with a purely materialistic perspective are not even capable of understanding, end of quote. So look at what we do around the dinner table, for example, Sam. Not only are we eating to nourish the physical body, but we're talking with one another, which nourishes the spiritual body, nourishes the soul. But you can dance alone, for example, but dancing with others is far more fun and fulfilling, right? And so Zachary asked, how many weddings have been canceled or celebrated in private this year thanks to lockdown? How many shared meals have not been eaten 
left undanced, songs left unsung, conversations not had. How many parents and grandparents in nursing homes did not get to see their loved ones before they departed this earth? How many children have suffered in front of a screen alone all day? These are not mere frivolous luxuries that we humans can do without. The dual material and spiritual context of our personhood cannot be separated. These contexts of our families and communities are not nice additions to life. They are human life itself, end of quote. So he goes on, he writes that suicide rates are up around the country. Drug overdoses are on track to reach an all-time high. Heavy drinking has increased this year. Conditions in nursing homes have worsened as families are barred from uh, caring for their own aging family members. Spirits broken. They wither until they die. <clears throat> I mean, that's what's going on around us. And so Zachary ends his column this way. He says, quote, Medical central planning that doesn't even recognize the spiritual and social aspects of human existence has caused the deaths of untold numbers of people around the country, perhaps more than the virus itself in the long run. Humans are both material and spiritual beings. Just as we have material needs that central planners cannot anticipate, so too do we have spiritual needs that only can be filled in a myriad of ways that central planners cannot plan for especially when they don't even recognize they are needs at all. But you know what? I submit to you they know this. Psychologists and psychiatrists have warned them mm-hmm. that suicide rates will go through the roof, that drinking and drug abuse and isolation and destruction and death will be in the wake of this. The central planners have, have been given this information by experts in the field, and they just simply ignore it. Okay, mm-hmm. So lockdowns destroy what make us human. Zachary's right about that reality. But let's not think for one second they don't realize they're taking away the human aspect intentionally. Understand that they are. They know full well what they're doing. Okay, if the psychologists and psychiatrists can warn about this, and I know about their warnings, they've warned from the very start. You cannot take away people's social interactions. You cannot take away people's spiritual, um, you know, filling their spiritual tank weekly at church and other places. You can't take away the human aspect uh, of people receiving love and touch and all these different things. A baby needs touch for it to even survive. Okay, we've talked about this in depth, and the psychologists and psychiatrists have talked about it and warned until they're blue in the face. But these medical central planners backed by government and courts, they don't care. They love it. They want this to occur, Lowell. That's right. They do, but there's good there's got to be good people everywhere in all levels of government, right? And at all levels of the, the psychological profession. And they, they need to be the ones to stand up, right? We need, we need good, bold, courageous people to stand up and, and for these needs and, and just force these politicians who are making these decisions, these scientific so-called medical planners, central planners, they need to be put in their place, right? They need I to be outed. I couldn't agree more. But you know what they've got planned for us if you resist too hard? <laughs> Vasco Colmare has the details. Yes, and it posted at LouRockwell.com. Great uh, uh, writer. I'm coming to like Vasco's columns a great deal. I read every one of them. In this article, Sam, he describes the pressure exerted on the two Republican members of the Wayne County Board of Canvassers in Michigan. Now, this, this Monica- example he highlights well, but I want to extract this to the virus discussion to the masks, 
to the intimidation, to the shutting down of churches. It relates to everything they're doing, sir. This is just a case study in point. Uh, good point. Yeah, it is. You know, and we're talking about the two canvassers. One's name is Monica Palmer, and the other is William Hartman. These are the two courageous members of the Wayne County Board of Canvassers who initially refused to certify the results of the fraud-ridden, the fraud-ridden election in Wayne County. Uh, you know, which includes, by the way, the city of Detroit, Michigan, Sam. This is an important story. Yes, it is, but they'll drive the time-tested wedge. Lowell's got details in mere seconds on your radio. Exposing corruption, informing citizens, pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Dan Naraki. The first shipment of Pfizer's coronavirus vaccine arrived in the United States over the weekend to await an emergency use authorization from the FDA. But a recent poll from Gallup showed that only about 60% of Americans were ready to get the shots. That's something the White House Coronavirus Task Force is trying to remedy. Admiral Brett Giroir says Americans need to know these vaccines are safe. The Assistant Secretary of Health for the Department of Health and Human Services tells CNN that the vaccines have gone through intense testing. These vaccines have been tested in tens of thousands of individuals. There are independent data safety monitoring boards. There's going to be an independent transparent review. The Pfizer vaccine will have an advisory committee on December 10th. All the data will be out there. Um, the Surgeon General and myself and all the team are really out trying to educate the public. Um, it, we have to see what the data show, but all indications are this is an extremely safe uh, vaccine. This is USA Radio News. So right now may be the perfect time for you to rethink how you pay for health care. And here's why. Not only is it time for open enrollment for a lot of people, it's also when you can join MediShare and save even more than usual. For the typical family, switching to MediShare saves about $500 a month, which is a game changer for a lot of people. Think what you could do with that. But if you join right now, MediShare is waiving their new member fees. So that's another $170 you'll save. And MediShare is really different. It's a community of Christians who share each other's health care bills. More than 400,000 people are members, and they've shared over $4 billion in medical bills. So, yes, they can handle your bills, too. This may be the time to make the switch. Join before November 30th for the additional savings. It's so easy to find out more. They're great to talk to. In fact, you can get a price within two minutes. Here's the number. Call 833-34-BIBLE. That's 833-34-BIBLE. 833-34-BIBLE. Congress returns from Thanksgiving break tomorrow with the task of passing another round of coronavirus stimulus front and center. House Democrats are trying to push through a broad $2 trillion plan, while Senate Republicans are pushing a targeted $500 billion bill. Lawmakers on both sides of the aisle say they need to get some form of aid passed. Representative French Hill says a bill should have already gone through. The Arkansas Republican tells Fox News that one of the most important things Congress can do right now is let state governors spend the money they've already been given through the CARES Act. And we need to get this done. We need to extend the Paycheck Protection Program for our small businesses. We need to give our governors flexibility to spend the CARES Act money that they have. And that's critical because that date ends 1231 of this year. Congressional leaders will also need to agree on a spending bill to fund the government by December 11th. Negotiators had hoped to be able to settle on a budget bill for all of 2021, which looks unlikely, with less than two weeks to hammer out an agreement before the deadline. 
This is USA Radio News. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. We're talking about an incredible column. You know what? If you don't go along with their pro-death, pro-abuse, dishonest, fake news narrative, hey, they want to destroy what's human about us. Their lockdowns destroy what's human about us, ladies and gentlemen. That's what they want. Their central planners know the truth. They know the devastation that's happening. But Vascal Colmer talks about the left's way. Violence, fraud, and intimidation. That's their playbook, Lowell. You're right, Sam. And uh, the very actual verbiage, we're actually going to get into the words that were spoken at a public hearing so that we can understand better this pathway, this, uh, this uh, tactic of, 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 of intimidation, of violence, and of fraud, right? Well, so these two uh, refused to certify the results of the election in Wayne County there in, uh, you know, the county that includes Detroit, Michigan, and the the refusal to certify the vote with its glaring irregularities made the two honest officials an immediate target of intimidation and blackmail. Within minutes of their decision, death threats began pouring in, right? The death threats were made against uh, you know, Monica and uh, her daughter and her husband, uh, they and, and that's what she told the Detroit Free Press. The threats that Monica Palmer referred to in the statement were conveyed to her privately, but there was more to come publicly. Well, in a contentious public meeting that followed this uh, standoff, Palmer and Hartman were abused and bullied by a succession of Democrat operatives. These are operatives, okay? Astonishingly, in, uh, surprisingly, in that meeting, which was broadcast on Zoom, Democrats made statements that contained threats, of potentially deadly violence against the two board members and their family. I want us to actually look at the actual words that were spoken. Uh, A fellow named Abraham Ayash, a hard-left activist, he accused Monica Palmer of racism. He says, quote, You are standing here today telling folks that black Detroit should not have their votes counted and know the facts. You're certainly showing that you are a racist. And what that tells us is you, Miss Monica Palmer from Gross Point Woods, which has a history of racism, uh, deciding to enable and continue to perpetuate the racist history of this country. And I want to think, I, I want you to think about what that means to your kids, who probably go to and then you name the name of the school, and when they see all their black classmates, right? I mean, that's the type of verbiage that you now notice that he named Monica Palmer, okay? He identified her city, where she lived, and then identified the school that her children attended and asked her what's gonna, what might happen, right, when her children come face-to-face with their black classmates. Now, notice how deliberately Ayesh announces Palmer's name and, and where she lives. This was completely unnecessary, right, in this dialogue. Well, and hold on a minute. Do- it's unnecessary <clears throat> if you want peace and honesty and integrity and and people to understand and, and, and you know, debate it and, and, and have honesty and fairness and accountability and transparency, then it's unnecessary. Yes, sir. However, <laughs> if you understand their goal, it's absolutely necessary because they can't provide the intimidation without naming your children, their school, where you live, who you are. What, and that way they can ratchet up. Hey, the thugs are coming. Got it? 
Yeah, that's essentially what he was saying, Sam. Either you go along with us and certify this fraudulent election, or you and your family, you're going to be targeted with violence at home and at school. But you know what? We're not doing anything about their violence, their intimidation, their fraud. There's no accountability anywhere that I can see. You want to take over a city right in the middle of Seattle, Washington? Go right ahead. There'll be not, there won't really be any accountability. Yeah. You want to go ahead and just commit election fraud all over the country? We won't even talk about it. We're just going to dismiss it and call you a wacko. We're not going to look at the evidence. Mm-hmm. We're not going to even ponder the evidence. We don't care. That's where they are. Yeah, and this IS fellow, he wasn't the only one. There's a fellow named Ned Stabler who's, who, who you know, notably serves as vice president for economic development at Wayne State University, right? So this is a, this is a you know, white-collar guy. I mean, you know, supposedly eminent, right, in his field of study. And he's, he lashed out verbally at Monica Palmer and William Hartman just like this uh, Yes fellow did, right? I mean, it, terrible words. I mean, we could go in more detail, but, but we probably ought to move, move, move forward on this. But, but, but Stabler, he says their names in connection with, with the term racist over and over, just calling her racist. Yeah, what they want to do is use violence and, fraud, violence and fraud. That's the left's way to intimidate. But we're rewarding that in America these days. In fact, we yeah. want to elect more of them, don't we? Yeah, too many more, yeah. And you would say, well, of course not. We voted against it. And yeah, then they just commit fraud, but there's no accountability. Mm-hmm. What you need to do is just give me back my remote and shut up and go away. Because that's what we <laughs> want, right? Now, if you don't right. believe me that they know all this, that this is on purpose, <clears throat> that this is going on, ask Brandon Smith. He wrote a column about this very topic. And this one's posted at lourockwell.com also. Uh, he suggests that the Great Reset is really just another name for one world government. Like, for how many decades, Sam, have we been talking about the dangers of a globalist one world government? Well, we have, we have for decades talked about that, that danger, but when, when, it, when it, it really comes along, but it's called a, the Great Reset, we don't recognize it as the one world globalist government that we've been warned against for decades. For some reason, we think the Great Reset is different. Well, Brandon Smith, he's saying, look, I heard about the Great Reset five years ago, six years ago, uh, back in 2014, 2015. He even wrote an article about it back then. And then he rarely heard about it after that. It's like they were sort of, you know, testing the water with the words, the Great Reset, to see what you know, what people thought about or something. And then here it is, five, six years later, and all of a sudden, that's all we hear about, Sam. Everybody in the media is talking about the Great Reset. Well, Brandon Smith is here to tell us that the Great Reset is just another way of saying the New World Order. And he says we got to understand this, that the Great Reset has been engineered and staged for many years, and I say many decades, because... I mean, for decades, I've been hearing about the war at one world order. So the goal, as is openly admitted, Sam, is, quote, to centralize the entire globe into one monetary structure, one highly interdependent socialized economy, and eventually one faceless and unaccountable governing body. End of quote. That is the openly stated goal of the Great Reset, or the one world government. Now, one of the biggest obstacles, however, is the liberty-minded populations on this planet. Most 
one-minded people in America. The U.S., therefore, must be destabilized or eliminated. The old world order must be destroyed before the new world order can be introduced. The people, therefore, must be beaten down uh, so much that they will welcome the Great Reset or the New World Order simply because they want the economic pain and uncertainty to stop, right? So they need a crisis. They need something like a coronavirus pandemic to panic the world so they can lock us down. And they need a fake crisis because there is not a real crisis. None at all. Zero. And so they use this pandemic. Um, and, and, and the lockdowns have not only been proven to do nothing to stop the spread of the coronavirus, but they also are a clear attack on what's left of our economic system. The small business sector in particular is being gutted as more than 60% of those that are shut down during the first lockdown were unable to reopen. Well, what that means for you and me, the small businesses provide more than half of all employment in the United States. So when they collapse, the U.S. economy will have nothing left but big box corporations that the Fed put on life support over a decade ago. He's talking about the 2008, you know, the big. Yeah, um, but that's exactly what they want to happen. Mm-hmm. All right. America's economy cannot survive another lockdown. And the cult of the reset knows it, writes Brandon. He articulates that that's what they want to happen. They want things to melt down, right? Yeah. Yeah. And they've got a win win in the up in, in the currently contested presidential election. Right. Because if Trump, if Trump stays in office, then the political left will accuse him of of usurping the presidency. And there, what, what will happen? There will be mass rioting in the streets. I mean, Portland will look like a picnic if, if, if Trump uh, wins this election after all. Well, and but if Biden goes, gets into the White House. He's going to attempt a strict lockdown similar to those in Australia, and maybe even worse than that. And and that will crumble our economy as well. And conservatives will revolt against that, and so Biden will have no choice but to call for martial law to restore order. So either way, Sam, the globalists, they get their crisis, and in that, they're in that crisis lies their opportunity to effect the great Reset. They'll Man. go to and they'll go to all lengths to obtain it. Brandon Smith even highlights the real unemployment numbers. We'll get to that in seconds as well. I know it sounds sinister, ladies and gentlemen. The answer to solve it's not in politics, by the way. more time together as a family. Do more out-of-the-house activities. This is a tough one. My parents, they do everything they love me. If it wasn't for them, I wouldn't have a roof over my head. They don't need to show it to me. I just know they love me. Well, not yelling at me very much. What do you wish? What do you wish? Raise my allowance. To not argue together. Um, have my dad be home more for dinner and stuff so that it could be even closer. Family. Isn't it about time? Buy me an ice cream and kiss me to love me. From the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Okay, what's the next question? 
I believe there will come a time when we are all judged on whether or not we took a stand in defense of all life from the moment of conception until our last natural breath. As a teenager, I gave my first public speech in my church. My hand shook, my heart pounded. I thought to myself, I can't do this, but somehow I did. And because I wanted to talk about things that were important, I persisted. I chided my church as a senior in high school for not seeming to care about the not yet born, for looking the other way and for not taking a stand on life. I will be in earnest. I will not equivocate and I will not excuse. I will not retreat an inch and I will be heard. One thing I promise you, I will always take a stand for life. All right, back with you live, ladies and gentlemen. The answer is not in politics, I might add, to all these problems that we're bringing up. But Brandon Smith doing a great job. He talks about unemployment, law. Uh, the un- real unemployment, he says, is already at 26%, Sam. And that's, that is going to skyrocket even further if a second national lockdown is initiated. And, you know, there's about 40 states already with either hard or soft lockdowns in place. So... You know, the likelihood that these lockdowns will will increase and continue is really pretty high. The speedy collapse of the U.S. economy will be assured if a second national lockdown occurs. And that's the the big opportunity that the globalists want in order to push the button and make this uh, great reset happen. Uh, They they, they want uh, businesses to fail. They want. The, uh, the economy to collapse. They want to replace the dollar with a digital dollar. Uh, they want Trump to, to not be in office. He's too much of a, a stick in the mud to them, and uh, they don't want him in the White House. That's for sure, Sam. But you know uh, what? They're not talking about moving to a new dollar yet. They don't want that really rolled out yet. The people will panic. What they want to do is they want to build a universal basic income or univer- uh-huh. uh, for everybody first. And what they want to do is this force you to stay home and they say, but don't worry, we'll give you a check. And that way they can mm-hmm. force socialism on everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This isn't well, a mistake. They've already... They're openly talking about it. Yeah, that's, that's right. Uh, well, and now Brandon Smith, not only does he sound the alarm here in his column, but he also indicates the, uh, uh, shall we, the silver bullet, shall we say, uh, to this, uh, this crisis. Um, he says if liberty-minded Americans will organize immediately for security and mutual aid, then we can diffuse this Cats 22 situation. We can provide for our own security with our, within our own communities, and, um, and there will be no rationale for, for Trump to institute martial law, for Biden to institute, you know, either one. If community security um, occurs because communi- the members of the community want to be secure, then there won't be rioting and looting. And so basic economic trade will be able to continue. And, and by extension, he says, if we organize our community security as well as localize our economies with barter and trade, you know, even, regardless of what the dollar does or doesn't do, you know, if we can organize ourselves with barter and trade, then we, uh, 
act as a deterrent to whoever's in the, the Oval Office. I completely and, agree. And, and um, Ammon Bundy's organization, peoplesrights.com, mm-hmm. does the exact thing you're pointing out. It's basically a glorified neighborhood watch nationwide. It breaks mm-hmm. everybody up into districts with uh, no head but guidance people that, that are support people, uh, if you will. Uh, it's a tremendous, peaceful or a solution. Uh, again, this is what we're talking about, and people are actually working on it. And I say good on them for it. I'm a member of People's Rights. I'm proud to be so. Oh, that is awesome. You know, I was just listening to another um, organization last night called thickredline.org. Um, yeah, by the way, how- uh, this guy's name is Howard Lickman, and I um, met him personally at the Red Pill Expo the other day, and we had him on the That's show cool. as a guest, and he'll be a guest going forward. He's a very hardcore libertarian, though, by the way, I mean, to the point of anarchist uh-huh. kind of stuff. Um, uh-huh. He's a lot like uh, Ernie Hancock and a lot like um, um, other people that we have on the program uh, with us frequently as well. Um, so anyway, he, he does a great job though. And I don't mean to interrupt you on that. I just wanted to let you know, we're working with uh, Howard and he does a great job. Yeah. I mean, his idea is, is quite similar. I think to the one, uh, that Brandon Smith just advocated and similar to the one that you just mentioned. And that is he wants the people to work together with, uh, sheriffs and local police to, to refuse to enforce illegal orders. Right. So whether it's a, a mask mandate or a vaccine mandate or a, a red flag law, whatever, you know, he, he, what he's saying is the local police, they don't want to enforce illegal orders. They don't want to, you know, force people to, to take a jab. And, and so what they want is they, they want to be free from those orders, too. But they, they, they worry that the politicians, see, it's the politicians who are asking them to do these bad things. To liberty-loving citizens, and so if the citizens will lock arms, so to speak, with the sheriffs and local police, and 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 refuse to enforce illegal orders, then it's a win-win. It's a win for the police in the eyes of the population, who has that they would have newfound respect for the police and for the sheriffs who refuse to obey illegal orders, and it would and it would be a win for the the people because then they would not be subjected to the tyranny of these illegal orders, these mass mandates and these vaccine mandates and these red flag laws, and the list goes on and on. So Howard Lichtman apparently has had great success so far working with the police in making them the new heroes, so to speak. And and I like that. I, I think it's a good trend. I'm happy to, to, to happy with his success. I'm happy with Richard Mack's success in pursuing and pushing the Constitutional Sheriff and Peace Officers Association, helping them understand what's lawful and what's unlawful. I, you know, and so I'm happy with all these organizations, what they're doing, Sam. And I, I just wanted to throw that in at the end of the Brandon Smith column to, to illustrate that there are solutions that, 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 are, that are on the ground, that have legs, they are actually changing the minds of, of people around us. And I'm in discussions with Howard right now to put him back on the radio with us, too. He was on live with me for Red Pill Expo, but he will Mm -hmm. be on going forward, hopefully as a regular guest as well. Him, Becky Akers, and others are really making the case for kind of the anarchist movement or the no-government movement. And I don't agree with them Mm -hmm. completely, okay? Mm -hmm. I believe in the Constitution. I believe there's a reason and a need for the proper role of government. Uh, Uh They don't. However, they're right on so many points that giving them a, a forum to discuss their viewpoints 
is really valuable because how much could we accomplish by being self-governed? How much could we accomplish in the private sector? And they're willing to explore that, plumb that to the very depths. Uh, And I think it's wise that they are and that they will. Um, I guess Walter E. Williams wants the final word, huh, Lowell? (laughs) Well, this is more of a philosophical uh, column, but the reason I like it is because it contravenes the politically accepted speech. Uh, you know, in other words, he's talking about discrimination and prejudice um, in this column, and it reminds me of an essay that I read back when I was attending university. This is a long time ago, back in the 70s and 80s. Um, the essay was entitled The Case for Discrimination, and I thought, wow, this is a great essay. I wish I'd kept a copy of it, but but basically, Walter E. Williams writes the very same thing, and his essay is posted at lourockwell.com. Um, it's entitled Discrimination and Prejudice. It's the great thing about this column, Sam, is that he describes our decision-making process. And, you know, we use discrimination and prejudice when we make decisions. And, and a lot of people don't realize that. I mean, the politically correct thing is to never be prejudiced, never discriminate. But that is totally illogical when you think about how we make decisions. And so he says, let's start with discrimination. The meaning of this term, this this term called discrimination, is the act of choosing. (laughs) Very simply, the act of choosing. Our lives, Sam, are spent discriminating for or against certain activities and people. He says, he writes this, he says, some people shop at Wegmans and thus discriminate against food giants. Some students discriminate George Mason University in favor of attending Temple University. Many people racially discriminate by marrying within their own race rather than seeking partners of another race. So people discriminate in many ways in forming contracts and other interrelationships. So basically, in fact, it's almost impossible not to discriminate. Um, because any choice you make can be viewed that way, even if that wasn't your intention. Mm-hmm. Right? Exactly right. In other words, yeah. when do you it, say that I chose a white girl for a wife because I'm white um, versus when I fell in love with a white girl because uh, we are in the same circles of religion and, and everything else? And what I mean is even if it's not discrimination intentionally so, it'll be perceived that way. And, hey, if they push that envelope far enough, they can make that case, Right. Yeah, they can spin it that way. They can look back and say, Sam, you married a white girl, and uh, therefore you discriminated against the blacks. You are definitely a racist, Sam. We need to put you away because you just... And as proof, how many blacks did you date, Sam? (laughs) And then I'll start saying things like, well, there wasn't black girls in my area to date. uh, Yeah. But see, I don't want to say that. What I want to say is I want to marry... uh, as much of a person like me as I can find, religiously aligned, racially aligned, everything else. Do I hate other races? Of course not. Uh, but I want my chance of marital success to be great. And the more aligned we are on fundamental key core issues, the greater chance I'll have a successful marriage. That was my motivation. Well, I remember the instruction from our religious leaders back when I was uh, a teenager and in my 20s, right? Uh, Spencer Kimball said, the, you know, marriage is difficult even for those who are culturally aligned and religiously aligned and racially aligned. They are difficult, you know, propositions. And if you want to increase your chances of success, then you really ought to to marry, uh, you know, someone who is is similarly aligned as you. 
I mean, that was the, that was the that was the uh, the council from the the, the highest yeah, level. And economic the status relates there. to this. There's a gazillion factors, <clears throat> and so we uh-huh. discriminate is the point all the time because <clears throat> here's the thing: when they whip out the discrimination word, when they rip out the race word, when they rip out the prejudice word, everybody wants to panic as if that's something bad. Yeah. Yeah, and so that's really why I love this this uh, this uh, Walter Williams column. Now let's take up the word prejudice before we run out of time. Prejudice is uh, basically, uh, you know, it, what it means is to have an opinion or to make a judgment without due examination. In other words, you make a decision based on incomplete information. <laughs> of course, we do that every day, Sam. We make decisions all the time based on incomplete information. But take this example. He he writes about. Say you, you, you head off to work, you open the front door and step out, and what's there? A full-grown tiger. What are you going to do, Sam? You, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna reach gonna out? I'm going to and close the door, buddy, right now. <laughs> but, but you have no detailed information about that tiger, Sam. You've never met tiger up close before. I have plenty of detailed information. I know from the past people get eaten by those things. Nah, you're prejudiced, Sam. That Same. you don't know that that tiger is going to eat you. You, you're prejudiced, Sam. That's bad. You, you, we just need to take care of you, Sam, because you're prejudiced against that tiger. I have the God-given human innate ability to apply past information to reality circumstances instantly, sir. <laughs> well, you're going to react exactly like the average person is going to react. You're going to prejudice. You're going to you're going to use prejudice to make your decision to to get yourself to safety. Because you don't want that tiger to eat you up, right? And and so basically, Williams concludes this. He says that you know, you know, we make decisions all the time. We discriminate all the time. We make decisions based on prejudice all the time, and that's okay. And so don't let yourself be pushed around by the pol- the political correct the PC police basically, because because that that would simply be uh, ignoring what. People do all the Bottom line, day, Walter Williams hour. says, and I agree with him, bottom line is that there's a sound case for discrimination and even prejudice. Get used to it. The sooner you do, the better off you are. How can you have all those appropriate uh, understandings but yet be kind to others? And the answer is learn to follow the Prince of Peace. Learn that the, the, the Savior Jesus Christ in his life and his teachings and making covenants to affect that is the answer. God save the Republic. Broadcasting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman and Kirk Crosby live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that it was refused to use, no doubt, continues now. This is the broadcast for November the 30th in the year of our Lord, 2020. This is our two of two, and our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country in the traditions of our founding fathers. Kirk Crosby's with me. Welcome, sir. Buenos dias. Uh, greetings and salutations. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Thank you, Sam. The good doctor's with me. Dr. Scott Bradley, his goal to preserve the nation, his website, freedomsrisingsun.com. Welcome back, sir. 
Oh, thank you, and good morning to all. All right, Kirk Cosby wants to update us on. The only stories he's been sending me are stories related to the, uh, I don't know what you call it, the vote fraud battle, Kurt? Well, you've got a few little updates on it. Uh, you guys are probably aware of it. Everybody else has probably covered it, you know, uh, et cetera, except for, you know, the whole mainstream media world. Well, they're never going to cover um, it, buddy. That's exactly right. Um and that's the main reason I look for them. I just think it's uh, interesting to see if you look in the right places, you find a whole different picture. But uh, as you've taught us for so long, Sam, he who owns the media makes the rules. And that's uh, how that works. Um, so there's just uh, at least, I don't know, I'm trying to sum up um, some of it, but as far as I can see, there's some... Uh, Good stuff happening in Pennsylvania. Other stuff good happening in Georgia, Arizona. Yeah, but you got to give think, it details. Uh, several different ones. Well, well let's I start with Georgia. Take up too much of the program. Let's Georgia well, I mean, update. Uh, Judge issues restraining order for mm -hmm. ten days, preventing defendants from deleting uh, information on the voting machines. Well, didn't he then flip it, and then they'd flip it back again? I mean, this is yes, one sir. of those uh, about as stable as jello things. I mean, there's nefarious stuff going behind the scenes. It's kind of like getting rid of all of the uh, debris from the trade centers when they came down, packing it up, shipping it off to China before anybody got to treat it like a crime scene. I mean, you know, come on, people. It's, this is, this is uh, you know, basically suppressing evidence. And uh, what's the big hurry, people? You know, why Why are they so anxious to get rid of uh, any any trail that might be out there? That has to be something on people's minds. People better be asking those questions. Amen, Kurt. Well, you, I mean, uh, Dr. Bradley is uh, exactly right, uh, Sam, and you, you think about that uh, back in 9-11 and that whole thing, uh, oh, man, we better uh, load all this stuff up and get it out of here real quick and send it back, you know, off to China or something. And, uh, you know, a crime scene, uh, typically, I mean, they, they want to preserve all that evidence. And yet... Um, Not if you want to destroy uh, it all, because people will get the yeah, truth. that's a good and, point. You know. and, and I guess uh, some of that is going on, or probably going on big time with uh, some of the... Uh, election machines i guess you'd say uh in that um you know they just want to make sure and reset them before they uh, you know check the new voting or you know uh, recalculate them or whatever but um there's a lot of uh i guess some real good experts you know with cybersecurity and all that kind of stuff are looking into things and uh, some of them have uh, at least one of them has actually joined uh um, Mrs. Uh, well, I don't know if it's Mrs. Powell, but Sidney Powell's team, and uh, uh, they call her, uh, they call this guy the uh, smartest guy in the room. I guess you know it'd be one more besides you, Sam. But uh, you know what happened is they got uh, this incredible cybersecurity expert to join Sidney Powell's team and break down what's really going on, and he's spot on right. You know, it's interesting to me, uh, I've got a, a, a good friend that, that's been in data recovery for decades, literally, and, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm about as technically incompetent as they can come, but the fact of the matter is, there are people that really understand this stuff, and from what he tells me, I mean, there's 
tracks and footprints and and stuff that's stashed away that, that is recoverable. I mean, he's been used in many, many, you know, forensic cases for criminal and well, divorce cases and everything else like that. I mean, there's just all sorts of. But that's uh, only uh, if you're willing to admit and discuss the truth. Well, that's true, and in in fact, uh, I've I've got a, a plaque in front of me all the time. It, anytime we're on the radio, you can be assured this is in front of me, and it's a statement by George Washington. He said. There is but one straight course, and that is to seek truth and pursue it steadily. And that's interesting to me, these people that, oh, you're a conspiracy theorist, or whatever. Well, no, how about truth seekers? Some of us want to know the truth, and some of us are willing to pursue it wherever it takes us. And the fact of the matter is that if there's people out there that are trying to cover up the truth, well, that makes me even more curious. And all I just well, and there are those of us things. who pursue it, even if you call us a nut, we don't care. Well, we're truth seekers. Uh, I mean, this idea of being a conspiracy theorist, holy cow, conspiracies happen, that's what humans do. But the fact of the matter is that they discount, they it's an ad hominem attack, it's become so general. They put you in a box, set you on the shelf, and don't let you talk anymore. But the fact of the matter is, people conspire for their purposes. And uh, the founding fathers coined the term secret combinations, and that's exactly what it is. These secret combinations are seeking for the benefit of their purpose. And in government, it's generally the destruction of liberty uh, and the shifting of power to some elite or, you know, controlling group that wants to have the ability to kind of manipulate the most powerful mortal force on earth, government, on their behalf. And now, so, let, me, let me point out something to the mainstream press and primarily pick on Tucker Carlson for a second. With regards to this Georgia update, judge issues restraining order for 10 days uh, because he wants to prevent them from destroying evidence or deleting information on the voting machines. Okay, they're prohibited from doing so. There's a court order, okay, restraining these people from deleting this information. Let me ask you why, Tucker. It isn't because there's no evidence. It's because the judge sees enough evidence to say, hey, we better get to the bottom of this. Now, I don't know what the outcome will be, but when judges are doing that, Tucker, you can't say that attorneys are bringing forth nothing. All right? You just can't say that. And it reminds me of this um, Sue Thomas episode. It's Sue Thomas, Private Eye, or FBI uh, and Sue Thomas is there, and they're there. They they go to this guy's house, and they knock on his door, and they talk to him. And then he's like, "Oh my gosh, I gotta, I gotta grab my laundry out of the uh, the wash really quick. So give me just a second, I'll be right back." And he goes, and so they um, go to the back of the house because they know he's just gonna run out the back of the house. So he runs out the back of the house. He's got these suitcases that he's carrying, and then they're joking. They're like, "Well, what are you running from?" He's like, "I'm not running." And they're like, "What do you got in those suitcases?" And the guy's like, "Nothing." So he's like. You're running from the FBI with suitcases full of nothing? <laughs> anyway, it's quite comical, but I, I bring this up to illustrate. That's what we've got going on here. Okay, the mainstream press pretends there's nothing there. But why are judges then halting, issuing restraining orders, saying, hey, you can't mess with these machines. We need access to the original data. Now, I don't know if it's too late. I don't know what will happen in the case. But don't tell me there's not pay dirt there, Kurt. Well, you know, well, this, I couldn't is agree more, Sam. this is expanded internationally. 
I mean, where, you know, you look at the Frankfurt seizures by special forces groups and the CIA operation and the Dominion voting systems. And this is, this is, uh, well, I don't know, you, uh, Sidney Powell's called it a Kraken. Uh, the Kraken could be good or bad, but if, if this thing is metastasized all across the nations of the world and, and the elections have been affected and the pe- voice of the people has been subverted and the the uh, globalists have taken charge. I mean, whether it's, um, you know, somebody in France or Germany or Venezuela or Cuba that's that's taken control because of uh, the manipulation of voting processes, this is pretty serious stuff. Oh, it's very serious. It's very real. Let me give you a, a case in point to kind of back this Georgia update story that you need to know. The reason that the judge is saying, wait a minute, we got to hold on about this is because of previous court cases that the mainstream press has failed to alert you to. Here it is. Like Jill Stein or not, okay, Green Party candidate, presidential candidate Jill Stein, I don't know if you know, but she won a groundbreaking case back in October. And it gives her campaign the right to examine the voting machine source code, Jim Hoff, with the article. But this is what we're talking about. So if there's nothing to it, how come Jill Stein won in October? For her campaign, the right to review the source code for source code that might manipulate reality. How come Jill won that before this ever got hot by the Trump administration? Because there's evidence here. There's information and there's concerns of vote fraud and people are getting paid. Here's the problem. I don't know that Jill's got the answers yet. It's been since October. Uh, So with the short timelines, we're in trouble on this thing. Nevertheless... The evidence is there. They just don't care, Doctor. Well, uh, you know, what's really astonishing to me is that this is not really a Republican or a Democrat or or a Green Party like Jill Stein is, a candidate. This really is the very core of what America is about. I mean, everybody, I don't care what your political leanings is, needs to feel in their heart, we've got to get to the bottom of this or everything we hold in this country to be, uh, you know, reliable, sacred, you know, ongoing, whatever you want to put it, is at stake. And and I'm going to have to add to your uh, who you controls the media thing to he who controls the uh, databases. <laughs> uh, you're right about that reality check, ladies and gentlemen. By the way, Sidney Powell doing a great job since she filed the Kraken case in the federal courts in both Michigan and Georgia. Now she's banned from Twitter. As a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. Scott Bradley here. 
Most Americans are painfully aware that the nation is on the wrong track and in dire straits. Unfortunately, most political pundits only nibble around the edges when they claim to address the issues. Even worse, many of the so-called solutions are simply rewarmed servings of what got us into the mess we currently face. And the politicians think we're so gullible and naive that we'll buy their lies that they have reformed and now understand where they led us astray. Unfortunately, the truth of the matter is that they simply wish to continue to hold power. The solution to America's challenges is found in returning to the timeless principles found in the United States Constitution. My book and lecture series will reawaken in Americans an understanding and love of the principles which made this nation the freest, most prosperous, happiest, and most respected nation on earth. Visit to preservethenation.com and order my book and lectures to begin the restoration of this great nation. All right, so Sydney Powell doing a phenomenal job. Tucker mocked her for no evidence, but she filed a 104-plus page briefing. All right, she sent the Kraken case to two states, both Georgia and Michigan. She claims others are going to be after. All that they do, though, is block her on Twitter now, Kurt. Well, no good deed goes unpunished. Um, you know, you've got the uh, the case in Georgia that's 104 pages. Uh, I've got the PDF. Uh, it's some pretty interesting you go ahead reading. And study I'm on, that, dude. on about time. 20 something so far. Um, and then the one in uh, Michigan, I think it is, is, uh, you know, like 75 pages. Um, but uh, as you mentioned, uh, there's a huge amount of uh, info there, and uh, hopefully Tucker's got a copy of it. Um, the thing that I notice about Tucker now is he's kind of uh, hesitant to talk about that. He finds a lot of other things to talk about uh, lately, and so that's how that thing... It's almost like that Seth Rich thing. Yeah, why doesn't that thug come clean and decide to talk about it openly and honestly and have Sydney back on and apologize to her and say you were right? Why don't we let the case uh, courts uh, deal with this? Uh, why don't we um, let the evidence continue to come out? Since Tucker mocked Sydney, she's literally filed in two states. She plans to file in more. Uh, you've got uh, Lynn Woods joining her. You've now got a security expert joining her. And all they do now, and then you got Jill Stein's case proving that they have the right to look at the uh, source code of the machines. Um, you know, you got all this going on. So you just got to ask this question. Is America experiencing massive ballot fraud in broad daylight? Yeah, fair question, huh? Well, now there's a report out. World Net Daily has the details. Ballot fraud hits mass scale in broad daylight, sometimes with the cooperation of state officials. So there are people that are willing to report on the truth. The question is, will we... You know, be able to do enough with it. Will we be able to make enough of a difference? And sadly, you know what? Our media is getting shut down. You know, when Sydney gets kicked off Twitter, when they block 50% of President Trump's tweets, uh, they shadow ban us. You know, people say to me, Sam, you don't have any followers. And my response is, oh, the fact that I have, you know, 10,000 followers, but I'm battle-shanned or shadow banned, so I only get to 50 of them. <laughs> and then you basically say, I don't have any followers, see? So we can't fund you, Sam, because you don't have any proof of your following, right? And they go on and on and on with this, this shenanigan, this dishonesty. Uh, and that's what you have. But the real question should be this. When did the media supplant the Electoral College? 
All right, World Net Daily with this piece, too, basically saying, hey, you know what? The states need to certify this, and then the uh, electoral college needs to basically, uh, you know what? The election is not over. It's not the job of the media to call elections. And until all recounts, lawsuits, and audits are resolved, there's one group, the Epic Times, believe it or not, will not declare a winner to the 2020 election. I couldn't agree with them more. Okay, I completely agree. We have no business doing this, and to do so is wrong, and that's why I keep calling out Tucker Carlson. Because if he has any, if he has any uh, intellectual honesty, if he has any integrity, he will apologize to Sydney and say, you know what, I jumped the gun, I'm sorry. You have released the evidence. You are working on it. We do have court cases even that precede what you've been working on that give the right to review the source code in these machines. Now judges in Georgia have halted the ability to manipulate the machines under court order. What more do you want for evidence than that, Dr. Bradley? Well, you know, At this stage, I, I, it's as much as you're going to get. Uh, yeah, I, that, that's the problem is that at this stage, I mean, too little, too late. I don't know. I hope and pray that uh, there'll be a full play out of this, this whole scenario. This is critical to the survival of the nation. And, uh, and you know, getting back to Tucker Carlson, he's like a child, a, a spoiled brat that, uh, you know, if, well, if you're not going to tell me the story, I'm going to leave you out of the party, whatever. I mean, it's one of those things, you, you know, if you have the slightest understanding of how the process works, things are not, you know, it's not like uh, i got to break this big story. That's going to be my big feather in my cap this week because I – I got this out first. You know, you just can't expose everything at once. And sometimes it needs to play out before it can. And sometimes there needs to be filing. Sometimes things are at risk. If you say too much up front at any time, things can be destroyed or lost or somehow, you know, bleach washed or whatever, you know, to get rid of every stain of any problem you might have had. And, and there is a process, and, and the idea that you need to have everything before anybody else has it, that's, that's like a spoiled brat. I mean, again, the, those that control the databases, I think, are having a big sway right now. Yes, they we are. Talk and about. We know Sydney Powell. We've had her on the radio with us. But you know what? I've called her and reached out to her and emailed her to have her back on, and she's so busy she hasn't jumped back on. And I, you know, I wish she would because I think it would be great to you know, update our um, listeners on that directly from Sydney, not from others. However, I get that she's incredibly busy. She's doing the best she can. Uh, you know, she's doing as many interviews as she can. And you know what? She's just trying to get everything done. And you know what? How do you how do you get it all done if you're Sydney at this point? And the answer well, no, is you I, don't, I, I, right? I cannot imagine how she gives all the interviews she does. I mean, there, there's there's got to be more on the team. But her her uh, interviews are very cogent. They're intelligent. They're well informed. And uh, a very a very knowledgeable source. I mean, she comes across as a very credible and uh, uh, well-read and, and well-researched person. And I don't know how she's getting the time to do what she's doing. Well, she's incredibly myself. talented. That's the bottom line. And we just need to be patient. And we need to look at the information that we get the best we can, analyze it, bring it to the American people the best we can, advocate that for that which is right and honorable, make popular that which is good, uh, make unpopular that which is bad. So let me give you an example to make the point here. Trump says FBI and DOJ missing an action on voter fraud. I have to agree. 
I have to agree. What are the Department of Justice and the FBI doing about vote fraud right now? Well, well, what did they do in the last four years? Or the last five decades? Yeah, 40, 50 years, whatever. I mean, there is a, um, you know, it's unfortunate to think this, but maybe there's some bad apples in in the crew. And... uh, and this is done. Uh, they've they've put their own agenda on on the line, and and things are being winked and nodded at that should be uh, really somebody should have torn into them a long time ago. Amen. Now here's the two headlines side by side to illustrate the problem. Ready? We have massive proof. Trump vows appeal in Pennsylvania, and a new case in Wisconsin in election fraud tweet storm. That's what they say about President Trump. On the opposite side of this, the mainstream press peddles this. Pennsylvania Supreme Court tosses out lawsuit demanding rejection of all 2.5 million mail-in votes says no evidence of fraud. Well, they're certainly our opinions. (laughs) That's the thing is there just needs, it needs to be exposed to the light of day in a, uh, in a in a thing where there's uh, it, it unfolds in a in a case that that says okay let's look at all the evidence let's not just do these hyperventilating headlines and and let's not make that the bottom line of everything let's examine the evidence and it's got to be done post haste I mean there's I agree but let's give them a chance to deliver and collate and put together the evidence now when Sydney releases a 104 page document in one court and a 75 page document in another court pushed 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 by everybody to release it yesterday then there's typos in there now they're criticizing her for the typos so you can never win with these people that's true and I mean and, and they will find any reason they possibly can to criticize. And uh, it just needs to allow cooler heads to step back, examine the evidence, and, and do it in a in a logical, reasonable manner. Now, one of the big problems I have is that some of this stuff is very frangible. Uh, you know, it will break apart if they do uh, scrub uh, databases and scrub, you know, computer processors and everything else like that. I and if, and if Hillary Clinton's example, why she's running around free is another shocking reality check. But, hey, you know what? They know she literally blatantly admitted in courts and in testimony that they use BleachBit, which is a software program to delete permanently uh, information on hard drives. They literally deleted the evidence with BleachBit, and it was known and no accountability, sir. Zero. Nobody well, cares. They smashed their, their cell phones, uh, you know, broke the pieces, their, uh, <laughs> the, all of the all of the device, you know, I mean, smash them with hammers, whatever. There, This is a blatant kind of thing. It's not like it's never happened before. One of the big concerns, honestly, in my mind, it always has been, I want to go to a vintage, classic voting process in person with paper ballots. There's a paper trail. For a reason, they call it a paper trail. These uh, data machines that uh, voting comes on, they're easily manipulated, hacked, and even, you know, reprogrammed. So, I, I think everything's at stake, and we, we, need to, we need to move and correct. Ladies and gentlemen, amen to that. Dr. Bradley is right on. Kirk Crosby's got more in seconds. Proclaiming liberty across the land. You're listening to Liberty News Radio.
USA Radio News with Dan Naraki. The first shipment of Pfizer's coronavirus vaccine arrived in the United States over the weekend to await an emergency use authorization from the FDA. But a recent poll from Gallup showed that only about 60% of Americans were ready to get the shots. That's something the White House Coronavirus Task Force is trying to remedy. Admiral Brett Giroir says Americans need to know these vaccines are safe. The Assistant Secretary of Health for the Department of Health and Human Services tells CNN that the vaccines have gone through intense testing. These vaccines have been tested in tens of thousands of individuals. There are independent data safety monitoring boards. There's going to be an independent transparent review. The Pfizer vaccine will have an advisory committee on December 10th. All the data will be out there. Um, the Surgeon General and myself and all the team are really out trying to educate the public. Um, it, we have to see what the data show, but all indications are this is an extremely safe uh, vaccine. This is USA Radio News. So right now may be the perfect time for you to rethink how you pay for health care. And here's why. Not only is it time for open enrollment for a lot of people, it's also when you can join MediShare and save even more than usual for the typical family, switching to MediShare saves about $500 a month, which is a game changer for a lot of people. Think what you could do with that. But if you join right now, MediShare is waiving their new member fee. So that's another $170 you'll save. And MediShare is really different. It's a community of Christians who share each other's health care bills. More than 400,000 people are members, and they've shared over $4 billion in medical bills. So, yes, they can handle your bills, too. This may be the time to make the switch. Join before November 30th for the additional savings. It's so easy to find out more. They're great to talk to. In fact, you can get a price within two minutes. Here's the number. Call 833-34-BIBLE. That's 833-34-BIBLE. 833-34-BIBLE. Congress returns from Thanksgiving break tomorrow with the task of passing another round of coronavirus stimulus front and center. House Democrats are trying to push through a broad $2 trillion plan, while Senate Republicans are pushing a targeted $500 billion bill. Lawmakers on both sides of the aisle say they need to get some form of aid passed. Representative French Hill says a bill should have already gone through. The Arkansas Republican tells Fox News that one of the most important things Congress can do right now is let state governors spend the money they've already been given through the CARES Act. And we need to get this done. We need to extend the Paycheck Protection Program for our small businesses. We need to give our governors flexibility to spend the CARES Act money that they have. And that's critical because that date ends 1231 of this year. Congressional leaders will also need to agree on a spending bill to fund the government by December 11th. Negotiators had hoped to be able to settle on a budget bill for all of 2021, which looks unlikely with less than two weeks to hammer out an agreement before the deadline. This is USA Radio News. All right, live and on your radio, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman, Kurt Cosby, Dr. Scott Bradley with us. Freedomsrisingsun.com is the good doctor's website. Check it out. Weekly webinars, Q&As, and more on the Constitution. Kurt Cosby with us. Rand Paul seems to be taking up the cause now. Kurt, he's been silent for quite a bit. Glad he's starting to speak up. Maybe it's a day late and a dollar short. Better late than ever, huh? Well, I know a while back he uh, had something to say about the uh, election fraud, and he was pointing to, um, you know, past history, uh, some, you know, some fraud that had occurred, and it was uh, brought brought uh, the incident he talked about was an incident where a uh, Democratic uh, individual had, uh, you know, somebody from the Democrat Party had uh, really complained about it. 
and yet um, he I think uh, Twitter gave him a some kind of a thing on it you know whatever a little warning or something and he was like what that's uh, Democrats saying that you know not me and then in this case uh, from the Epic Times this morning uh, you have a headline battleground states that says Senator Paul suggests statistical fraud in states where Trump lost Zachary Stieber, I guess it's S-T-I-E-B-E-R, is the author, and uh, basically he talks about these vote spikes that we've heard a lot about, um, and, uh, you know, he says uh, this uh, guy named Justin Hart is a number-crunching uh, data expert, and uh, he says that uh, Joe Biden received several vote spikes in Michigan, Wisconsin, and Georgia early on the day after Election Day, enabling him to overcome President Donald Trump. Uh, while data analysis cannot on the, its own demonstrate fraud or systemic issues, it can point us to statistically anomalous cases that invite further scrutiny the and the analysis authors wrote now this is where uh, i would really school tucker carlson okay he should know this and when you have attorneys saying hey we have the crack and we have the evidence we're working on filing a case and they're assembling all the data that it requires okay because fraud is a very high bar of proof and and, and so they're saying look these statistical situations they don't provide the evidence but they do provide enough knowledge to know where to look. And this is something that got lost on Tucker. And this is something that's been lost on the mainstream press. Okay, look, we say there's source code problems in the voting machines. Why? Because we have witnesses that are willing to put in affidavit form to that fact, swearing in court to that fact. Now you say, well, show me the source code. Well, wait a minute, we've asked for it back in October ladies and gentlemen, with Jill Stein. And she got permission from the court. She won. And they said she could look at this. Well, now how do you get that information? Do they let Jill look at it or not? Will Jill share that information with Sydney and others? Don't know. But see, you got to connect all these dots. You got to work on it. You got to go through the back trail. And the problem is uh, all the Republicans, for the most part, with rare exception, have jettisoned President Trump on this. And I say wrongly so. Now, I don't believe that Trump will be victorious. That's just my opinion to which I'm entitled. And the reason that I don't is because they're too corrupt. They know full well there's vote fraud. They've known it for decades. No one's done anything about it, and they simply don't care. All right? That's the problem. It isn't the problem that we can't prove it. We can prove Hillary Clinton destroyed evidence. Okay? But nobody seems to care about that. All right? We have massive proof, Trump says. He's right. All right, but the Supreme Court in Pennsylvania just says, hey, I'm tossing out all this stuff. There's no evidence of vote fraud. No big deal. No worries. You know what? Don't worry. You know, Building 7 didn't get hit by a plane, but it came down anyway. Well, we're not going to discuss that. And we can go on conspiracy situation after situation. Look at the Barack Obama birth certificate. He claims it's legitimate. Others have proven it to be a fraud. All forensic experts have proven that birth certificate to be a fraud. No one cares. Hillary Clinton literally destroyed evidence. With hammers, with bleach bit software, with nobody cares. So this isn't a situation where the pay dirt's not there. Okay, we have massive proof, as the president says. I think that's true. All right, continue with the point that uh, Senator Rand Paul's making, Kurt. 
Thank you, Sam. Um, in these talking, they're quoting this analyst uh, who says our an analysis finds that a few key vote updates in competitive states were unusually large in size and had an unusually high Biden to Trump ratio. We demonstrate the results differ enough from expected results to be cause for concern. Um, you know, that's a little softer way of saying, uh, you know, there's a bunch of uh, lying, cheating, fraudsters going on. Uh, but in my opinion, that's the way that the uh, fancy pants analysts say it. Uh, the analysts also suggested anomalies, or in other words, uh, you know, cheating, occurred in Pennsylvania. Paul, the junior senator for Kentucky, by the way, um, you're going to not get much more junior than having uh, McConnell be the other one because the reason he's the uh, uh, head of the Senate is he's the senior dude in uh, all the Senate. So, you know, it's pretty hard to be much more of of a junior than Paul in Kentucky. Anyway, he goes on, he uh, shared this link to the analysis on Twitter, quote, interesting, Trump margin of defeat in four states occurred in four data dumps between 1.34 a.m. and 6.31 a.m. Statistical anomaly, question mark? Fraud, question mark? Look at the evidence and decide for yourself. That is, if big tech allows you to read this, he wrote. Mm-hmm. Very good point, Sam. Don't you think? I think it's an incredibly valid point, but I don't think that the courts care, and I don't think the liberals in the swamp cares, and they're the ones that control everything. In fact, I think they're mocking us in our faces publicly about this right now. Doctor? You know, I think that in that little brief phraseology, it uh, you know requires further scrutiny. <laughs> that There's a wealth of um, truth in that, and I think it absolutely does. You talk about how nobody cares. Well, it's 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 basically how it's being spun by the power elites, whether it's in the media or in the political world. I mean, you have you know a, a plethora of uh, political pundits, both in the media and in the that are holding office, that are constantly stating, "Look, let's move on. This is an American tradition. You know, you've got to you've got to capitulate." Be gracious, uh, you know. Basically, say, "Yeah, you won, I lost." And um, and the thing is, it's it's it, to to just move on on these things. It just encourages further destructive behavior. And I care, and I know you guys care, and I know your listeners care. But the fact of the matter is, somebody has to continue to push for these further scrutinies, or else we are just going to completely wash out our entire constitutional republic. It'll be gone. And, and that's why we report on this, and that's why I'm saying nobody cares so much. I don't mean nobody cares, and my listeners, I hope, know that. But when I say nobody cares, let me give you an example to make the point. The New York Times wrote an article mocking President Trump and everybody else. And you know what? Sadly, I have to agree with the New York Times. Listen to this, and we'll talk about it. The media equation An ally hustles to cash in on the Donald Trump election fantasy. Okay? It's a big New York Times article, and it's all about Chris Ruddy. And it's all about Chris Ruddy's news organization. All right? And it goes on and on and on and on. It's a big, long article. 
Well, what's his uh, news agency, Kurt? Newsmax. Yeah. All right. So Newsmax. And they go on and trash Chris Ruddy and they say, hey, the conservatives are all backing Chris now on this conspiracy theory about the elections. And Chris Ruddy doesn't believe it for one second either. But he can get rich and gain viewers on this fantasy, this lie. An ally hustles. And so it's all about Chris Reddy. And it goes on and says how, hey, Chris isn't really a conservative. Chris loves the Clintons. Chris loves. uh, And they can go on. And they talk about how he's just cashing in a big cash cow on this. Chris is poisoning his news service to either, one, get a bunch of philanthropy donor money so he'll get rich, and or, two, sell it to somebody. Maybe Donald Trump, his good friend himself. And so they go on and they mock, literally, the American people because the American people are now going, oh, golly, Fox is bad. Let's turn now to Chris Reddy's Newsmax. Well, there you have it. And so even if the people who realize they've been duped are now fixing to turn to another getting duped again scenario. Well, sadly, when I say I agree with the New York Times, they're right. Chris Reddy's not your friend. Newsmax is not the news organization we wish it to be. Now, is it good they're reporting on vote fraud? Yes. But will they tell us the truth all the time? Or part of the time? What'll happen? Let's talk about this on your radio. Okay, girls, about finished with your lesson on money. Daddy, what is a buy-sell spread for gold coins? Well, when you sell a gold coin to a coin shop that's worth, say, $1,200, you don't actually get $1,200. But don't worry, we're members of UPMA now, so we don't have to worry about that. Daddy, what if somebody steals our gold? We don't have any gold at the house. It's stored safely in the UPMA vault, securely and insured. But the S&P 500 outperformed gold. Daddy, gold is a bad investment. Some people do think of it that way. But actually, gold is money. And as members of the United Precious Metals Association, we can use our gold at any store, just like a credit card. Or I can ask them to drop it right into Mommy and Daddy's bank account, because we're a UPMA member family. Find out more at upma.org. That's upma.org. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency.
So the sad part is conservatives run from one solution to the next failed solution. And I'll give you an example. Ron Paul and others did this back in the day, and I got so frustrated with them for doing it. They would literally beg money from me so they could go ahead and run commercials on the mainstream press. All the while funding the mainstream press, giving just absolutely desperately needed money to the mainstream press. Now, this is a similar scenario. Oh, let's turn off Fox. Let's turn on Newsmax because they're going to give us the truth. And they may be telling a lot of the truth right this very second. But over time, Chris Ruddy is no friend of the people, in my opinion. No friend of the Constitution. He loves Hillary. He loves the insiders. He's in it for the cash. Uh, And so the problem is we get duped and duped and duped again. Uh, Dr. Bradley, let's have you respond to this first. Uh, We give money to those people who really have our demise in mind, unintentionally so. You know, it's interesting. I, I always come back to the fact that it's we, the people, that need to be the ones that bring the solutions forward. But we, the people, have got to be principles-based. Those principles have got to be what was there at the very foundation of this nation. We need to understand them and apply them. And unless and until we do that, we're going to get all of these individuals out there that are always trying to lead the parade, if you will. You know, you get some movement going, some awareness to going, and suddenly there's everybody and their dog is out trying to be in the front of the band, leading the parade, and, and they'll lead them off their tracks. And, and so we the people have become, have, must become astute enough to recognize truth, principle, and foundational things and be able to help return it. And, and that's the problem, is most people are just far too lazy. They're too uh, willing to go look at the latest ball game or whatever, the drivel that's on entertainment, or the major talking heads, whatever it is. But we, the people, have got to have a discerning spirit on this thing. And, and you know, the Founding Fathers understood all of these you know, these intrigue, this palace intrigue that was going on. And I've used this quotation before, I'm sure, on your program, but one of the founding fathers, Noah Webster, made this statement. He said, by the laws of creation and by our civil constitution, all men have equal rights to protection, to liberty, and to the free enjoyment of the benefits and privileges of government. And We could talk about just that one sentence at length, but let me go on. All secret attempts by associations or otherwise to give one set of men or one party advantages over another are mean, dishonorable, and immoral. All secret combinations of men to gain for themselves or their party advantages or preferments to office are trespasses upon the rights of others. Nothing can be honorable which is morally wrong. This is the fundamental problem we've got today. Secret combinations are seeking for the power and gain that whatever their agenda is, they're looking for. And the principles that are at stake are so simple, so sweet, so straightforward. Somebody as simple-minded as myself can thrill at them, and everybody could if we would. But we, we the people, have got to stop following false parade leaders that are just taking advantage of some frenzy of the moment and, and feathering their own nest. Let's go back to the to the principles that the nation was founded on, let's apply them vigorously, passionately, and unquestionably, and we'll be able to restore this nation. And it won't happen until we, the people, start being willing to do that. It's just a tragic scenario that we've allowed ourselves to get into. Now, this headline highlights the point even further. Soros-funded, that's George Soros-funded Media Matters, accuses WorldNet daily of lying, scamming readers for money. 
World Net Daily writes this piece. And so now what you've got is they want you to believe that, hey, you know, Chris Reddy's bad and World Net Daily's bad. Well, <laughs> World Net Daily, in my opinion, isn't perfect. None of us are. But you know what? They're as close to the real deal as you can get, in my opinion. I've watched them for literally decades, uh, and they do a great Great job reporting. Most of the news we get comes from WorldNet Daily and Breitbart and a few of these other places. Uh, Kurt, you want to respond to this? They're trying to mix it up and deceive you on who's even who in the media now. Well, when it comes to this whole uh, story, uh, you know, I mean, like the Fox uh, change and the, uh, you know, the Newsmax situation, the Chris Ruddy and stuff like that. One of the things that I want to, you know, point out, at least in my opinion, what's going on with the New York Times piece. And that's why I never really even, uh, even if it says New York Times, I don't even want to look at it. Um, and I know that that's, you know, me, uh, you know, some will say, well, you're keeping your blinders on, you know, and that kind of thing. Well, I think what they do, uh, whether it's, um, I think it's truly intentional. They try to stir up um, the opposition, which is, you know, um, people like Newsmax and Fox, at least as compared to the New York Times and the Washington Post, they try to stir up controversy between them so that then the uh, rather than working together to make things better to make america great again if you will uh they'll be kind of firing off some uh, you know internal rounds if you will and uh, i think that's exactly what they like to do uh, many times um but anyway uh and and when when it comes to this situation of uh uh you know this Chris Ruddy thing or whatever. I've watched him over the years, and I do believe that uh, he isn't perfect uh, like uh, many of the rest of us. I think, like the president realized, if you're in uh, Washington or excuse me, in New York, you pretty much got to contribute to the Democrats uh, if you're going to get anything done around there because that's just the way it was in New York. Um, Whereas uh, Newsmax, I think, um, many times, uh, Chris Ruddy probably understood, hey, you know, if you don't kind of scratch some of these backs, you're not going to get anything. Uh, so as, as I compare uh, WorldNet Daily to Newsmax and Chris Ruddy, I think that WorldNet Daily has been a lot more, I guess you could say, uh, free of sin. Um, if you're talking about, um, you know, courting that side of the issue or, uh, you know, dumping your toe in the wrong side there. Uh, but I think that's what happens with so many of our uh, um, institutions, Sam. You got the NEA. If you could look back at the early days of it, I'm sure it wasn't promoting uh, abortion and, uh, you know, socialism, etc. in the early days of the NEA. And yet now it's um, pretty much become a mouthpiece for those kind of things. And so I suggest to people, don't put your, uh, I guess you could say, uh, your faith in individuals, whether it's Chris Ruddy or me or even Sam, um, you know, I would say, um, find out about the principles and make sure that uh, you hold your sources of in information to those principles. If they're leading you or saying the wrong things, either you try to correct them, like some folks will correct us, Sam, uh, or you, uh, 
move on to a good place. And that's, uh, I guess you could say it's almost like voting with your dollars, right, Sam? Yeah, and that's why I bring up these stories, because the New York Times is literally telling you, hey, you know, Chris Reddy's bad, and Media Matters is telling you that World Net Daily is bad. Well, I'm trying to sort out the truth. I don't trust Chris Reddy. I don't trust Rudy Giuliani. I do trust Sidney Powell, and I do trust Lynn Woods, and I do trust Matt Staver and many other attorneys that are doing their best to get to the bottom of this, and I do trust World Net Daily. And so I'm really basically do just doing my your... best to call out who's who in the media and why, because I believe certain people will give you the truth consistently and certain people will not. How much does it cost for the um, you know, source coming from the New York Times? I know in the past— a When few you say times cost, I don't I've... pay a penny for it. Nothing for you, huh? No, and, but um, I keep an so, eye on the New York Times because we need to keep an eye on the enemy. That's where Trump spends half his time, Kurt. I don't think you he know, spends it's, half it's, his time there. Well, with the New York Times and Fox, that's where, where Trump releases his news. Go ahead, Dr. Bradley. Well, I was I was just going to say, it. I, to, in my opinion, I get news sources from all over the world. By the way, I feel like there is a greater level of freedom of the press in Europe right now than there is in the United States. I, I think there's there's a lot of different perspectives, and I look all over the world to to news sources, and 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 so I do not limit my sources to simply ones that that sing the tune that that uh, I believe you know ought to be sung. I, I would like to hear what my enemies are saying. Look, read Sun Tzu for crying out loud, and knowing your enemy, and knowing yourself, and all those kind of things. And that's a whole bunch of philosophy that we probably don't have time to get into. But the fact of the matter is, I seek sources. Again, one straight course, seek truth, pursue it steadily. And then what I try to do is weigh it in the scale of principle. And if the principles, they're straightforward, they're sound, they can be taken to the bank in terms of um, they're they're timeless, and and that's that's what proper government is about. It's about controlling those that seek for power, and and so you weigh them in the right scale. I look sources all over the world, literally, and and then I say, okay, let's let's put that in the scale. Let's see where it fits. And I'm maybe oversimplifying for vis- for visual purposes, but but I really believe we don't need to fear information. What we need to be careful of, though, is that we apply the correct judgment criteria. And you know, I guess that's one of the reasons that God is God is because he's going to judge us all with the, the most sound principles of, of everything. And we'll all be weighed in a proper scale that's held in the hands of, of a true just God. But the fact is, we need to do the best we can ourselves as individuals, as families, as communities, as churches, as nations, and come to the point that we understand the sound principles and apply them, instead of this agenda-driven nonsense that's absolutely destroying everything we hold sacred. You, and, you know, you talk about aborted babies. Uh, Kurt mentioned earlier about the education groups. They didn't start off that way, but they got off the tracks. We've got to keep it on the tracks. We've got to be pure, a pure-minded people, you know, a religious and a moral people is all that the Constitution could work for us, so said Adams. And virtue is important. Thomas Jefferson, James Madison, George Washington all talked about the public and private virtue that was necessary. And we've all got to go back to that and and weigh in the proper scale. So uh, that's kind of how I approach things, and, and maybe there's fault that can be found in that, but, but that's kind of my approach to things. 
Well, and no way of going about it is perfect. We all have different ways of going about it because we're different people and we have different viewpoints. The reason I cover what I cover is I want you to know who's who and who's saying what in the media. And I want to stand on the right side of the issues to the best of my ability every time. So I'm telling you this, when the New York Times calls out Chris Reddy, they're right. I know they're right once in a while, but they're right. Okay, when they um, Media Matters calls out World Net Daily, they're wrong. World Net Daily is a tremendous organization. And I'm merely bringing to the listeners my experience with over 25 plus years with these news groups, who the good guys are and who the bad guys are. And I'm not sure whether it's best to go to Chris Reddy for information or the New York Times. At least the New York Times wears their bias on their sleeve and you know who they are. Whereas with a Chris Reddy, you think he might be on our side, only to find out behind the scenes that simply might not be the case. you got to keep an eye on the ball to the best of your ability and stand with truth every time. By the way, final story of the hour, Trump considers launching 2024 campaign during Joe Biden's inauguration. Got a word on that, Kurt? That's just more of that... um kind of stuff put out there so that you'll take your eye off the real ball and that is to get the real election uh, fraud and the votes uh, done right. If President Trump does have an event at the same time as the inauguration, would you go to that event? The president will be inaugurated again. Okay, that's Kurt's view. Scott, yours, you got two seconds. Um, I'm hoping for the truth to come out and I believe the nation if we allow the truth to come out. And, and if that brings, uh, I, I believe the truth is closer.